Church. If you don't know me, I'm Jo. I'm David's wife. Hello to our online service as well. It is my absolute privilege and honour to bring the word today. I never ever take this opportunity lightly. It is an absolute privilege and I am blessed to be under my husband's covering and his blessing to share this word with you. I'm continuing on a series that he has been preaching over the last couple of months. And the series is called The Hills We Die On. This series is adapted from a message my father uh, spoke of quite a few years ago, talking about the essentials of our faith, the things as Christians that are non-negotiable. And so another way of putting that is the hills we die on. So I'm just going to very quickly go over the points that Dave has already covered, and then we'll get into it. Our values lay the foundation for what our church cares about most. It provides a common purpose that each member can understand, work towards and live by. The values I'm sharing are better described as the five essentials or the five non-negotiables or the five immovables. In fact, the last week, oh, sorry, the, the series that Dave said, this is called Is the Hills We Done. Dave, could you just come up here? I am, I promise I'm not contagious or anything like that, but I have been a little bit under the weather and so I'm just feeling it a little bit. Sorry. So down through the centuries, military commanders have prized the high ground. Take it and you can gain control of the battle. Military commanders have weighed the cost of taking and holding a given hill and knew that the one, if necessary, that they would even die on. So what are the hills that we die on as followers of Christ? The first hill that Dave shared is missions and discipleship. Making Jesus' last command our first priority. Thank you, Dave. You might just sit here. Okay. Making Jesus' last command our first priority. Jesus told us to go, therefore, into all the world and spread the gospel, preach the gospel, and make disciples. This was a command. This wasn't a suggestion. This wasn't, um, oh, if you feel like it, from time to time, maybe mention me. No, this was an actual command of our Lord God to go and spread his gospel and to make disciples. We can do this by reaching Canberra as well as the rest of the world through our missions giving. We are so blessed to be part of a church and not just this church, but a group of churches that makes missions and discipleship one of the absolute core values. They put it first. It is right up there. And so, you know, we may not be able to go into all of the world, but we can certainly give and help others who can go and who are on the ground. And then we can go in our local world where we are called right here, our families, our homes, our communities. Jesus taught us to broaden our scope and vision. He was always in high demand, but he never lost sight of his mission. He said to the people, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. So Lord, help us to reach Canberra and the rest of the world. It's a non-negotiable. The second hill that Dave spoke on is prayer. Prayer declares our utter dependency on God. Prayer reminds us that he is so big and we are so small and we need him so much. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The value of the vine to the branch is the value of prayer to the church. We value, esteem and hold dear prayer. It is an essential. It's non-negotiable. Very quickly, the third hill that Dave shared on was the Word. Oh, I love talking about the Word, the Word of God. There 
Who loves the Word of God? Come on, I don't understand. You cannot be a Christian without the Word of God. This is the living, breathing Word of God. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It goes through, it pierces through bone and marrow. It goes straight to our soul. We need the Word of God. Actually, at Connect on Thursday, we, we spoke on the Word and how important it is. We spoke on how to read our Bible because we're doing the Alpha course. It was such a good time just gathering together and talking about how much we love the Bible and how important the Bible is to us. You know, um, Pastor Sid and Sue were at the state conference. We were at the state conference together. And a theme that kept coming up from the, the speakers was that, you know, the church, really, the individual member of each church needs to get back to reading their Bible, knowing their Bible for themselves. My dad likes to say we need a Bible revival. We don't want to go back to our pre-Reformation days where it was just the priest or the minister that read the Bible. We need every single member of our church to get their Bible, to get it out, to eat of the daily bread of God and to get it for yourself because it's important. It is essential and it is non-negotiable. So today, very quickly, because I know we've had a lot going on in this service, let me share with you the fourth hill, the fourth non-negotiable. And I think you know what it is because we've just started with the kids and that is the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I love him so much. And just as we heard in that awesome kids video, the Holy Spirit isn't a what, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a who, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. He's not just the power of God, He is God. He's not a show or an experience. He's not there to give us goosebumps and make us feel special about ourselves. He is almighty God. And in His presence, we can be, you know, fall on our face and be slain in his presence. But he is God. We, we worship him. We worship the Holy Spirit. There is so much to speak about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I don't even think if we had a whole year dedicated to Sundays speaking on the Holy Spirit that we could cover it because God is immeasurable. He's amazing. But I do want to cover just a couple things today. So the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see all three members of the Trinity when Jesus was baptised. I think we've got some scripture now. Mark chapter 1 verse 10, it says, And when he came up out of the water, this is Jesus coming out of the, the waters of baptism. When he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. What an awe-inspiring breathtaking glimpse of God. Oh, just pause for a second. We see the Holy Trinity there perfectly on display. We see Jesus, the living Word of God, the Word in flesh, coming out of the waters of baptism with the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove and the Father speaking, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. The Trinity in perfect unity and yet distinct. Just like that orange mandarin. <laughs> the, it's a mandarin. It is. It's, he is God, but in three parts. The Holy Spirit was present at creation. Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Oh, doesn't that just take your breath away? He was there. He's always been there. Psalm 33 verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host, the word of the Lord, Jesus, the breath of his mouth, Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit was present throughout the Old Testament. He doesn't just appear in the New Testament. He was there in the Old Testament with the prophets of old. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing without God. We need the Holy Spirit because he is God. <laughs> Jesus tells us to be born again that we need the Holy Spirit. John 3 verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We need the Holy Spirit to live in us. And just like I said to the kids that whenever we ask Jesus to come into our heart, whenever you're at a church service and there's an altar call and somebody responds to salvation, whenever someone privately before the Lord gives their life over to God and asks God to rule and reign in their heart, it is the Holy Spirit who comes and lives in each and every one of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19. We just learnt this with the kids. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You are God's. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it wonderful to know that we have the Spirit of God living in us and that we are marked and sealed by God through the Holy Spirit. He has sealed us. It's like an insurance policy. We have the Holy Spirit over us and he has marked us for eternity with him. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible, John 14, 26. I love how this just explains it so well. But the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything I have told you. Has anyone here ever heard the still, peaceful voice of the Holy Spirit? I know Joe was just giving an example at gig. Has anyone here ever felt the Lord speaking to you in your heart and in your mind? I have. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so special. You know, the Holy Spirit, he can speak to us in different ways. The main way that the Holy Spirit will speak to us and the unfailing way, that you'll never get it mixed up, <laughs> is through the Word of God. I love this. So many times, so many times I've been reading my Bible. I try to make it a daily habit to read my Bible as best as I can. And, you know, I might be reading a passage that I've read so many times before because let me just go back to the Word for a second. As a young child, I started reading my Bible. I know Joseph, Joseph's 11. I think he reads the Bible more than any of us <laughs> in our family. But I started reading the Bible and a lot of it at the time didn't make sense to me. Honestly, a lot of it went right over my head. But I knew that I was supposed to read the Bible. So I just kept doing it. And I read it from a young age and I read it through my teenage years. And then somewhere between my late teens and my adulthood, the Word of God became alive to me. It became alive and it was like all of this seed that had been sown for years and years and years, suddenly this fruit began to produce in my life and the Word of God made sense. And now as an adult, I will open up to a passage that I could have read 20 times before and it will jump out at me. It's like it jumps off the page and the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to read this. This is for you. Maybe he's convicting me of something. Maybe I haven't got something quite right in my life and the Word of God is pointing that out and he's convicting me. Maybe I need encouragement. Maybe I'm going through a hard time and in his loving kindness, he's pointing out a passage to speak to me because his word is for you and it's for me. This is an ancient, ancient text, but it's alive and it's for yesterday, it's for today and it's for tomorrow. It's the eternal living word of God. 
Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit will always speak to us through the Bible. But sometimes He will speak to us. He'll put a thought, He'll put a thought in our heart or in our mind. And that's definitely happened to me before. You know, if you've ever heard what you think is the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't align with the Word of God, then you can know for 100% certainty that that's not the Holy Spirit. Because we have thousands of thoughts go through our head every single day. And you might think, oh, was that the Lord? But if it doesn't align with what the Bible says, if, if there's a thought telling you to do something that's not of the Word of God, you can know for certainty that that's not the Holy Spirit. But if He speaks to you, if He puts a thought in your heart and in your mind, and it does align with the Word of God, and you have the peace and the assurance, then you can move forward knowing, God, was that you? I believe that was you. And because that's in your Word, I can go forward. You can also pray, the Bible teaches us for confirmation, to pray for confirmation. The Bible teaches us that we, the Lord will confirm things three times. And that has happened many times throughout our own lives. And I've heard other people have very similar situations. So you can pray for confirmation. You know, just a personal testimony, because there's lots of kids in the room. I want to speak to the kids again for a second. When I was a young child, I wouldn't have been any older than maybe eight or nine. We were renting uh, a house, my mum and dad, my brother and sister and me. And it was an older house. And in the backyard was a giant tree. You know, one of those houses that have really big old trees. And it, it's probably been chopped down by now because it would have been way too big to keep going. And it was very dangerous the way it was positioned. Now that I think of it as an adult, it was a very dangerous tree. But as a kid, I loved it. And I would climb up that tree in the backyard. I loved to climb that tree. And I remember one day I was up really high up in the branches. And I'd never had this experience before, but I felt this this voice, just this small whisper, get out of the tree. And it sort of stunned me because I'm a young kid. I'm like, Lord, you know, I've heard the Bible stories. I've heard about Samuel hearing from God and all that. Like, Lord, was that you? And I thought about it for a minute and I felt it again. Get out of the tree. Okay, I'm just going to get out of the tree. I can always get back in the tree. I'm just going to get out of the tree. So I got out of the tree. And within about three minutes, three or five minutes, this giant gust of wind, huge gust of wind came, rocked the whole tree. There's no, I, I'm sure that I would have fallen out of that tree if I had stayed in there. But the Holy Spirit was teaching me from a young age to hear His voice. Fast forward about 20 years later, 20 years of discerning. Discerning means finding out the voice of God, doing it by reading His Word, being in church, being in kids' church, going to youth in my teen years, being hungry for the Word of God, learning to hear His voice. 20 years later, same girl, same voice. Here's this girl, almost given up on life because I'm so depressed, so sick, so sick in my soul, scared of everything, no hope for the future. And that same voice, this isn't going to end you. I've got you. I'm holding you. I'm not going to let you go. You're going to get through this. Did that voice align with the word of God? Yes. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. Nothing can take you out of my strong hand. The Holy Spirit speaking to me and knowing even in that darkest moment, the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? So we talked about missions before, that being the first hill, missions and discipleship. 
Let me tell you, we cannot do missions and discipleship without the Holy Spirit. To do his work on earth, we must have his power from heaven. Not just our international missions, but our missions at home. Can I talk to the parents here for a second? Especially to the mums and dads, but as a mum, I want to speak to the mums. The greatest disciples you will ever make are your children. The greatest disciples, the most important disciples in your whole life are your children. And don't underestimate the importance of being in your home and bringing up your children because each one of your children represents another family and another family and another family. And you sow into your children's life and you disciple them and they're going to produce good fruit for the Holy Spirit. But we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We absolutely cannot. Corey Ten Boom said, Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. What beautiful words spoken by someone who clearly had the Holy Spirit living inside of her. As a mum, if I'm trying my absolute best in my human strength to love my family and to be a good parent, it is so hard. It is so hard and it is tedious and it's downright impossible because I guarantee you I will give up and I will give into my flesh. At the end of the day, without the Holy Spirit, my flesh will win and my flesh is selfish and my flesh is always going to go to what suits me the most. And I'm not going to be selfless, I'm going to be selfish without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, when I do it with his strength, he strengthens me. Our weakness is perfect in his strength. He strengthens me and he gives me the fruit of his spirit. Do any of the kids here know some of the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, any other ones? Peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and that's it. I need help with that one the most, I think. Church family, the Holy Spirit is a non-negotiable. We cannot be a Christian without the Holy Spirit because he is God and we can't be a Christian without God. So I want to encourage you today. Remember the Holy Spirit in your life. He's in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. Read your word. Get your Bible out and say, Holy Spirit, show me something in your word today. Reveal your truth to me. Ask him for wisdom, for comfort, for discernment for his gifts. He is our seal of God and we are marked by him for eternity. But we don't have to wait for eternity to spend time with him. He's here right now with us in this very moment. Amen. I'm going to hand it back to Dave.